celebrating mess or permitting sloppiness, it gives you more permission to just go create. You don't have to create it right. Just create. Welcome to the Pussy Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Simonu. And today we have a very, very special guest. This is my moon sister, Robbie, who has been such a beautiful mirror for me, is on a parallel journey of like finding herself, stepping into her sexuality, being an entrepreneur. And we're here to talk about owning our mess and trusting ourselves and being the messiest bitches that we can possibly be and loving that aspect of ourselves. So, Robbie, who are you? (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, guys. I'm Robbie. I am, gosh, I don't have a title or a label right now, or I am between labels, or I am in the middle of crafting my own label, Mm. um, which is an interesting experience and one I've not had in a very long time. And I think that I feel called to qualities over titles right now um, or flavors over containers. Um, So a few of my current qualities are I am a creator and a co-creator. I am a, an imaginator. And a collaborator. I mm, specifically, I like creating as with alchemy. Like I take one thing, I do a thing to it and I transform it into a totally different thing. Like that's how I like to create is looking at raw material, having a vision and then crafting it into that new thing. I am as previously promised, a messy bitch and owning it. (laughs) I internalize mess as like my inability to correctly fit in the container. When I think mess is my, gosh, what? It's my creativity. It's my life. It's, it's what separates me from machine. It's, Mm. it's part of the best part. What do you feel like right now is like messy in your life? Like what's, what's a mess right now that you're embracing? Hmm. (laughs) My physical home is a goddamn mess right now. (laughs) And it is because it is transitioning from Mm. one container to a different container. Um, Like specifically I am changing the layout and the way it's decorated and the way that I make myself comfortable from being a like cozy nest curl up hibernate sort of feel to a creative uh, think um, ideate sort of feel. So that has some like intention, like energetic shifts to it, but it also has some very practical shifts of like, I have cleared out half the books on my shelf. So it just like is cleaner to look at um, instead of having stacked 
layered rugs and pillows, which creates a very like textured, cozy, warm feel. Mm. I am folding the blankets or minimizing the pillows or like creating visual, physical shifts that make it cleaner, more streamlined. And because it has not fully transitioned from one to the other, it feels like it's doing both of them very badly. And Mm. it's like, there's stuff in between. I'm like tripping over grocery bags full of stuff, which I think is probably like in my head. I'm also tripping over grocery bags full of stuff because I'm transitioning. Like I've got to take the mental stuff to Goodwill because I don't need it anymore. I needed it for a while. Now I don't need it. Now I'm doing a different thing. And so it's halfway out the door and I just got to get it all the way out the door. And Mm. until then I'm tripping over it and it's creating a little bit of tension or a, a, like a, like a, like a ripple in the stream because there's a thing in the stream. It's got to come out and it will. But in that transition time, it's a little dissonant. It's a little clunky. I keep falling over stuff. I hope you all see why Robbie's a mirror to my subconscious because <laughs> like, wow, first of all, doing both things really badly, that in-between moment of you're not doing the old thing that you used to do really well anymore because you're aware that it's not working, <laughs> but you're still kind of there because you're like, but that's still kind of what I know to do best. But, I, but, I, but now that I know better, I want to do better. Yeah. I don't know what doing better means because I just found out that I could do better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm figuring out how to step into that and how to be that person that is better. And it's just like, wow, I don't know why that analogy is just really hitting home for me of like doing both things or feeling like you're doing both things really badly. But yes. in, in reality, you're just transitioning. I think it's the mess. Mess is not. Um... Um, like what is the word? Mess is not collateral damage. It's not the thing that you should try to minimize in the process. Mm -hmm. It is the secret sauce. It's the magic. It's what helps you stop doing the old thing and start doing the new thing is when you allow yourself to trip over grocery bags full of stuff. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And it's also like, I, I know the way that I clean my room and maybe this is the way I also clean my brain. I don't know. Right. Like how you do how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. But I love to make, yeah, I make a huge mess. I like clean out my, I dump everything into one pile. I like, and then I sift through it and I discard or I, or I keep and I do all this. And it's like, maybe I also mentally do that, make a massive mess just so that I can see everything that's there. Yeah. And then discern. And when I see everything that's there, it is fucking overwhelming. It's super overwhelming to be like, why do I have so many clothes? And where did these clothes come from? Yeah. Why do I have so many self-limiting beliefs and where did they all come from? Yeah. And like, there's a, there's a part of me mentally that often wants to sift through and be like, where did this come from? Like, where did the, and, and I think there's a place for that, but there's also sometimes when you're like, I'm just going to decide not to do that anymore. I'm bringing it to goodwill. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a new belief. I know like, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm going to become more practiced. And maybe one day I'll have a realization of like where this specifically came from, but like, I don't have to 
hunt down, you know, the store and like figure out the whole, find the receipts of like where this specific shirt came from or where the specific belief came from without like before I can discard of it. And before I can move on and have a new belief system or a new thing that I'm working on. So -hmm. like, I think like that also is part of the mess where like some, I feel at times because I'm not fully stepped into the new version of me because my room is not fully clean or whatever. Like I have to sit in the mess and brood and figure out where it came from and backtrack and like, just like become like, then you're just like making a mess of your mess and you're just like sitting and dwelling in it. And, um, that's fine. But there's, you know, I feel like anytime you go overboard of something, like there's a time for mess and there's a time to clean up there's a time yeah. another mess and then another time to clean up honoring those times. I'm not trying to make it too fast or too slow. When you have that pile of shit, don't know where you're going to, how you're going to reorganize it. You just kind of have to like move the table, move the furniture. And like, then you see it. And then you're like, Oh, you know, it'd be better. Oh, if I moved it this way. And if I did this way, but like it once was a fucking pile of shit on your floor (laughs) that you were overwhelmed about. And you were like, what do I do with all these clothes? How do I, and then you start, you know, like you just start thinking about it in that way. And it's only through taking that next step. I'm willing to move this chair over here to see what it looks like. I'm willing yeah. to put this, retry on this this top to see if it goes with these pants, if I want to keep it. Um, like I'm willing to do these things. And that's where you start having the ideas and the inspiration to have different realities. And then you look around and you're like, I really didn't think I would move my bed this way, but it works. Started with the, you know, the printer in the middle of the room. You're like, well, the printer doesn't belong in the middle of the room obviously. Yeah. If I didn't start there, I would yeah. never have seen the vision. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's just to everybody. I hope that this analogy makes sense. I think it does. You start to think about that in your world of like, what if I did this? Hmm. What if I tried this thing? This makes no sense. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm willing to be what I don't think I am. Right. I'm willing to say like, I haven't been that person before, but I'm willing to try this new thing. I'm willing to take that action or speak up or say this about myself or claim this for myself because I've never done it before, because it's messy, um, because it's going to be challenging, because it's all these reasons that we want to avoid literally anything. Yeah. Um, Oh, you said something that really resonates for me about, I don't have to understand everything that no longer serves me. And I think I've felt stuck before in being unable or unwilling to let go of something that I know doesn't serve me that I know I don't want anymore because I feel like I have, I have to fully heal. I have to fully like get it. I have to like, I can't let it go until I fully get it. And I, I think that to the contrary, Maybe sometimes the first step is letting it go and that enables the rest of your brain to like process, heal, do what it needs to in the background. And at some point it will come back up and you'll have, you'll have like the space and the realization to realize like, oh, I got this limiting belief from this place and having the space from it enabled me to, to understand that. Like I wouldn't have been able to understand it if I kept it in my closet until it felt like I got the lesson. Like, I think there's some self-punishing that goes on there. That's not 
helpful or effective. <laughs> like really, it doesn't do the thing we're trying to do. Yeah. Like you think you have to endure pain. And I think we've talked about this before. We're like, a lot of that Christian guilt comes back up and I feel like I need to self-flagellate or I need to be in hell because I have this limiting belief and I have to, I have to heal it. But it's like, if it's healed, then you don't hold on to it. So it's almost like if you're thinking about manifestation, even it's like, you have to step into the new thing. And because you stepped into the new thing, you let go of that limiting belief. Yeah. that you let it's you don't often have to let go of the limiting belief before you grasp onto something new. Yeah. Like you because you grasped onto something new, it implies that you've let go of what you just had in your hand. Yeah. And but I think joy and the positive things from what you're trying to create, that eradicates the old stuff exactly. faster than you know, suffering through like doing the hard work. There's this idea of like growth, freedom, uh, actualization has to be so hard. It has to be dragging through mud the entire time. And I think in some ways, like letting it be easy is sometimes the hardest way to do it. And the most effective way is like healing through joy. I don't have to heal through pain every time. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like that's what like this podcast and like being living like a pussy led life is all about. And like, living through pleasure. It's like mm-hmm. realizing and, and having the courage to follow your joy and step into that because it's not easy. It is challenging, but it's simple. Yes. It's just simple. It's but simple. And it's not. Yeah. That is a, um, a, a, a trademark symptom for me is the thing that is simple, but challenging. Like when it gets complicated, that makes me want to like examine, am I, am I complicating this in a way? Is there a simpler way forward? Because simple, I tend to follow simple. Like as I follow pleasure as a, like a, like a trail marker, I, I, I tend to follow simple. Because it seems like maybe simple isn't the only way forward, but if there is a simple way forward, dear God, why would I not do that? Because it, because it doesn't feel good sometimes, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel good all the time. And, and I think, and it's, and it can be, it can feel messy because it can be outside of what you had previously defined as yourself. Yeah. And so now you're coloring and you're drawing and you're going out of the lines. And that, I mean, in multiple levels, even like we were literally taught to color in the lines or else you were kind of penalized or made fun of, or, you know what I mean? Like literally we've been taught that as children. And so to think that we have this defined ego an ego, not meaning bad or good, just like a sense of self that's our line that we've drawn. We define now who we are not and who we are. And for us to say now who I thought I was not is now who I am Mm -hmm. is terrifying and is out of the lines of where you were before. And that has been your whole life penalized. And that has been your whole life told is inappropriate. 
And so it's like you bump up, you're bumping up, constantly bumping up against the edge of you because you want to be messy. You want to be creative. You want to be outside of the lines. You want to be a free thinker. That's scary. Do you have any like coping mechanisms or analogies or things like that where that have helped you to move through like the fear of being outside of the lines? Mm -hmm. Hmm. What comes to mind is shifting my perspective of the line from being an actual container that defines whether I'm good because I'm inside or I'm bad because I'm outside, shifting into thinking of that as an agreement. We all decided it was good to stay in the lines and it was bad to stay out the lines. And that is, I agreed to that. I was taught that. But then I also agreed to it and I continued to um, coach myself into that behavior and discipline myself when I went outside the lines. And so shifting my perspective of the line or what I consider messy as an agreement and, and allowing myself the freedom to change my mind, to say like, I thought this, I absolutely thought this and I really adhered to it and I was zealous about it. I I desperately wanted to be good. And so I tried very hard to keep myself within these lines. But you know what? I know more now. And I don't think this anymore. I I reserve the right to change my mind. And in this moment, I've changed my mind. Mm. I think instead, it is not that I am good when I am inside the lines and I am bad when I am outside the lines, but rather I am a beautiful mess inside and out of these lines. And I'm also okay with questions instead of answers. Like I think part of what the line gives us is certainty that mm-hmm. we're good when we're inside and we're bad when we're outside. And what mess feels like to me is not an answer. I don't know good or bad. I have questions and it, it creates more questions. Things like what happens when I cross this line? How do I feel when I switch crayon colors? Mm-hmm. Now I'm just diving into this analogy further, but <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a mental shift from I agree to what it means when I act one way versus I act another way. And I'm willing to trade certainty for curiosity. I love that. And I love that you bring up curiosity because I think curiosity is the, just is so powerful because it, and it's so feminine, right? It leads us on this really winding, like unknown path um, every time to just be like, I wonder what it'd be like to do this. And then you, because you believe that because you were curious about it, now it's driving you towards actions that completely upheave your life. Like you just completely destroy what you thought your life was before you may end relationships. You may move to another place. You might make a new friend that leads you down different things. And um, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert, but she was talking about the difference between like passion and curiosity on tone with like all of our analogies. She uses like birds where it's like you have a woodpecker that's like really passionate and they're like someone who like knows why they came on this earth. They're just like drilling down. Like they do this one thing and they're just like, this is it forever for me. Like that's it. And most of us aren't like that. 
most of us are hummingbirds and our value that we bring is curiosity because we go from one flower and then we move to the next flower and then we move to the next flower and the next flower. And we just keep moving, whether that's a different field, whether that's a different friend group, whether that's a different whatever. But every time we go to that next flower, we're bringing from that past flower and we're cross-pollinating the world and creating more abundance and more beauty and more mess, right? Like think about if there was no mess in that way, if we weren't cross-pollinating, we wouldn't have different species of flowers. We wouldn't have different ideas. We wouldn't have all these melding of, we wouldn't have technology if we weren't cross-pollinating ideas from different fields. We, we just wouldn't, right? I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't gone through all the different life experiences and, and bring them with me to my present moment as who I am and like be okay with that. That's our value that we bring when we have curiosity and we move from different place to different place. And like, we shouldn't judge ourselves for that, for movement and for being curious and cross-pollinating the world and interacting with new people and changing our minds about where we want to go. I yeah. love the realization that curiosity is its own value. And I think that like, let's carry the hummingbird analogy further. When you're not a woodpecker and you don't just like, you know, you can tell where the worm is and you're going to peck a hole until you get it. But there's this curiosity of like, we flip from flower to flower. And I have seen in myself when I come to a flower and I don't find what I expect or I wanted to find in there. And then it feels like a loss or I should have known or like I lost value. This wasn't the value that I thought it would be. But what that is entirely overlooking is the cross-pollination that happens and the discovery. Like it's not just about the nectar you find in the flower. It's what you bring to the flower, what that flower puts on your little, I don't know, nose petals that you're going to take to the next flower. Curiosity is inherently valuable. It does not matter what you find through curiosity. It it is its own value. Yeah. Taking that, whatever you perceive as an L, you know, as a loss, as a lesson that now I'm bringing this with me to the next thing. Yes. Now I'm going to be better. Now I know better. Now I have more experience. Like there's been so many times when, you know, like becoming an entrepreneur and stuff, I'm like, I've never been an entrepreneur. Like I can't do this. And like, I can't do that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just look at the skills of what an entrepreneur has. And let's look at all the skills that you have. Exactly. Um, let's see how they really, right. but you've never done it in this specific way before. Right. So then you think, oh, I, I can't, I don't have value. I'm not this person, I'm not that thing. And you start, you might start creating a whole mess of your own in your own head when the reality is like, no, you've been messy in life in the before, like you've gone to school, you, you, you've connected with people on a deep level. You know how to sell yourself. You know, you know, your value, you know what you bring and you're going to bring it to this. Like you're never, we're not as inexperienced as we think. No, we're so not. I can't imagine. Uh, I think it's an imagination gap. Yeah. We can't imagine entrepreneurship thriving because we haven't done that before. We have all of the skill sets for it, but we can't imagine applying the skills to this container. And yeah. so there's this feeling of like, I can't do it because I can't imagine it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it, too, it's this, it's the same, it's the same thing as the hummingbird in that like each, each flower gives you more information about like where you will go next. I, I had this, I had this realization at one point where I felt especially stuck and it was around entrepreneurship. Like I can't imagine 
how this idea could actually come to life, which means that the idea can never come to life, right? Um, and I had this realization that like, I find my direction by taking one step. I find North by taking a step because that enables me to, um, that enables me to tell whether I'm getting closer or further. And even if I like my first step is due South. Okay, fine. Well, that means the next one is going to be turning around, but like, I will never know any direction. If I stand still, I find direction by taking a step. And what I learn in that one step is going to help me know where to put my foot next. And like right. every single step I take takes me closer to my goal because I'm moving. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love that. And I also love the, the, the visual of it because if you do go do like, it feels after you've gone <laughs> due South that if you go due West, that F, this is like the wrong direction. Right. And yes, it is, but it's also the exact direction that you need yep. to go to this place, right? And it's like, there really aren't any wrong decisions. And you're always actually exactly where you're meant to be. Yes. And sometimes that's in discomfort. And sometimes that's in the mess. And sometimes that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think so often the mess is not um, proof that you're doing it wrong, but proof that you're doing it. And doing it is doing it right. Mm. Doing it. Mm. Let me get that on a t-shirt. This was really healing for me and it's exactly what I needed to hear and to sit with how to move forward mm. in discomfort because that's where I'm at right now, right? I'm in I'm in an uncomfortable person place. <laughs> uncomfortable person, right? Like yeah, I'm sitting in <laughs> comfortable person right now. Um, and I'm feeling that and I'm feeling these growing pains and I'm like, does this mean I'm bad? Does this mean it's bad? You know, I'm feeling, I'm sitting in this discomfort of not knowing yeah. what the future exactly looks like. And I'm challenging myself to be okay with the fact that for a really long time for like this past year, I have not known my future. And that is kind of what I wanted <laughs> and accepting that that is kind of what I wanted because if I, if it wasn't what I wanted, I'd be back at that job that I had. I'd be back doing something that was really stable. I'd be on a path that somebody carved out for me. Yeah. And I cannot, that is a big block where I'm like, that is out of alignment and inappropriate for Jennifer right now. You know what I mean? But yeah. you know, and that's how I know, that's the only thing I'm certain of sometimes is like what, you know, you don't want at all. Um, and so, yeah, this has been really beautiful and I hope other people get to own their messy and feel inspired by this and also declutter their homes and their minds and their hearts. Um, and yeah. that was life. Yeah. I like that you called it growing pains. Cause I think that like it, it can, it can be painful. And I, learned to like fear that pain and learned that like it means something's wrong it's a warning sign growing pains is a warning sign so you should probably stop doing that when really I think that growing pains is like you're on the right track it's affirmation yeah it pinches all- in this way yeah. it's affirmation keep going yeah. it's also that something's dying something is dying when you grow so there is pain attached to that and that's okay. Like that doesn't mean that anything is wrong. Yeah. On that's these fine. 
Exactly. Like on these journeys, you, it's, you have to like almost make a list of what pain am I willing to say yes to? Cause it's really painful to stop watching Netflix when all you want to do is watch Netflix, but you know, and it's painful to turn off that fucking TV to walk over to your desk and have that activation energy to start writing that paper, start writing that book, start believing in yourself, start doing it. Like, as I said before, it's simple, turn off Netflix and sit at your desk, but it's not easy. Yes. Yes. And that's the growing pain. And that's the, that's the type of stress that you want to say yes to. I just recently learned there's two types of stress. There's you stress and there's distress. Distress is when it's like negative and it's like you're literally causing yourself distress, like you're overthinking, you're like causing yourself pain. And then there's you stress, which is like a euphoria. It's, it comes from the word like euphoria, where it's like a positive stress of this growing pain, of this like stress that's positive, that actually pushes you and drives you forward. Because there is that movement, that yeah. there is that in both directions. It doesn't matter, but it can be bringing you down or it can be bringing you up. And so it's like, there are good, there's good stress. There's good That's stress. Cool. You just blew my mind a little bit. Yay. Yeah. Look it up, everybody. EU stress, like you stress and then distress. Yeah. That's good. Ah, this is good. I love you. I love this interview. This is very healing for me. Same. This, I definitely came into this feeling all of the like, it's like there was too much turkey in my belly, but it was actually feelings in my heart. And they were just like oh. hanging out on the bottom of my heart. I'm like, can we just poop you out now? I'm yeah. ready to poop out these feelings. Oh, this conversation has helped me heart beat. Thank you. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please also be sure to rate and subscribe to the Pussy Podcast. It really helps us to gain visibility so that we can reach more women just like you who are in pursuit of pleasure. Also, make sure you share this with your friends. We love you and we can't wait for next week.